0: Well, Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for everyone's here, Lord, and for keeping us safe. Yes, we ask you, Father, to be with those that are sick today, to be with those that are hungry or without heat, Lord, to let your light shine on them. Father, we ask you to, to anoint Pastor Terry today That as we hear the word. We thank you for all the blessings, Lord, and, and we just invite you here right yes, now, Father,
1: you,
0: to come fill this place. Hallelujah. And we thank you for everything in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, fall on me, pour out the oil, breathe new life into my soul, break apart the stone. misery I searched the world, but it could Better than you, there's
1: nothing.
0: Better than you, Lord, there's
1: nothing.
0: Nothing is better than you. Sing it again. Hey, hallelujah. Oh, there's nothing. Better than you, there's nothing. Better than you, Lord, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you.
2: That's right, guys. Look, there's nothing better than the Lord, right? Is there? Is there anything in this in this world in this life that, that can that can fulfill, that can uh, that has hope in it apart from God? Huh? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's that's good stuff, guys. Good morning, everybody. It's good, good to see y'all. Looks like winter finally got here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to read. I want to read some. I want to read a psalm to you. That's Psalm 63. This is a psalm, uh, David wrote this uh, in the wilderness, um, Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory, because your loving kindness is better than life. My yes. lips shall praise you, Hallelujah. thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you yes. with joyful lips. You, when I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Yes. Therefore in the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. My soul follows close behind you, and your right hand upholds me. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, so, like I said, David wrote this psalm in the wilderness desert, and, um, of course, so, I've, you know, I've never been to the desert in Israel, um, I've been to the desert in West Texas, and there's not much out there, uh, so, he says, uh, dry land, no water, yeah, um, you know, I was just, I was kind of praying and thinking on this, uh, this morning, I was, you know, it's good to go through deserts at times um, because it teaches us to depend on God. You know, when you go, when you go without earthly things, you get a lot more dependent on the heavenly things. You know, it's in the desert where we cry out, my soul thirsts for you and my flesh long for you. It's in the desert we cry out because we're in need, you know. Um, But the truth is, whether, you know, whether we're hurting or not, uh, we're all in need. But it seems like it's only in the desert where we recognize our need, you know. In the desert we realize that uh, though I may be hurting, I know the loving kindness of the Lord is better than anything this life has to offer. That's why my lips will praise you. Yes. That's why I will bless you. Yes. That's why I will lift my hands up to you. Hallelujah. That's why my soul shall be satisfied in you, Lord. Yes. Hallelujah, yes. thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, Dr. Charles Spurgeon wrote that, um, you know, to, dwell, to dwell with God is better than life at its best. Life at ease, in a palace, in health, in honor, in wealth, in pleasures, Yea, a thousand lives are not equal to the eternal life which abides in Jehovah's smile. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, so, Lord, whether we're, whether we're in the desert this morning, whether we're in the valley or we're on mountaintops this morning, Lord God, let us all, each of us, recognize our great need for you, Lord God. Let's lift you up and give you praise and glory this morning, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank Hallelujah. you. Amen. Amen. Let's worship.
0: Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. You know, we're short today. There's only over half the people are not here. Some are sick. Some are just taking precautions. The Lord's not short. No, that's exactly right. We're short on the people here today, and and it's cold outside. We were out busting ice on the horse trough here before daylight just about, and it was cold. But we're here. God's going to be here, and that's all that matters. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. For you Like a desert I'm dry
1: and used
0: And my heart is In need of you Now more than before And I dream of you If your presence Were all I knew I need need nothing nothing but more of you. So So I bring my heart here and say, wash me away. Wash me away. away. Come flood my soul. Take take all all that that is old and leave me new New today. today. Fled over my life,
1: yeah.
0: till I'm not satisfied. not satisfied in this life that, that I know, leave me wanting more, more and wash me away. away. I thirst for you, like a desert I'm dry and used, and my heart is in need of you, now more than before, and I dream of you, if your presence were all I knew. I'd need nothing but more of you. So I bring my heart here and say, Wash me away. Wash me away. Wash me away. Come flood my soul. Take all that is old and leave me new too. Let over my life Till I'm not not satisfied satisfied In this life that that I know Leave me wanting more More. And wash me away Wash me away Wash me away come flood my soul take all that is old and leave me new today flood over my life till I'm not satisfied in this life that I know leave me wanting more and wash me away in this life that i know leave me wanting more and wash me away Struggle haunted by ghosts that live in my
1: past,
0: bound up shackles of all. How long is is this going to last? Then you look at this prisoner and say to me, son, stop stop fighting a fight that's already been won.
3: Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.
0: I am redeemed. You set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains. Wipe away every stain. I'm not who I used to be. Hallelujah. I am
1: redeemed. Thank you, Jesus.
0: And all my life I have been called unworthy. The voice of my shame and regret. But when I hear you whisper, child, lift up your head. I remember, oh God, you're not done with me yet.
3: Thank you, Jesus.
0: I am redeemed. You said. I'll shake off these heavy shades, Wipe away everything. stain well, I'm not who I used to be I am redeemed And I don't have to be That old man inside of me His day is long dead and gone I got a new name, a new life, I'm not the same, and a hope that will carry me
1: home.
0: I don't have to be that old man inside of me. His day is on dead. I got a new name, a new
1: life, I'm
0: not the same, and a hope that will carry me I am redeemed.
3: Yes,
0: thank you, Jesus. You set me free. So I'll shake off these heavy chains, wipe away every stain. I'm not who I used to be. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I don't care. (laughs) Thank you. I remember how you showed me. Life may not be easy. But everything that I need, well, you've already given me. I remember how you showed I could trust you completely So why am I doubting when you proved that you die for me
1: yeah, Hallelujah
0: Walk me through fire You're in this with me. I won't be afraid. Oh, honey. The boat billows high. By Your mercy, I'm covered by Your peace. Yeah, I'm living out the victory. Doesn't mean I won't feel the heat. Hallelujah! Thank You, Jesus. You walk me through Through fire fire. and pull me me from the the flame with me I won't be afraid when the smoke billows higher and higher it feels like i
3: Hallelujah.
4: we do worship you this morning, for you are holy, there is no one like you. Lord, we have tried all that other stuff that the world has to offer, and we come back to you because you are the only one that can save us, you're the only one that can change us, you're the only one that can fill that emptiness in our heart, you're the only one that can make us alive, because you alone are the giver of life, Lord. You created it, you created us, and you have breathed the breath of life into us as your people, Lord. We are so grateful that you called us and you pursued us and you never gave up on us until your great grace enabled us to say yes to you, Lord. Thank you that you never gave up on us, Lord. You sought us. You sought us when we were rejecting you, when we were in denial, when we didn't recognize our great need for you. You still sought us and you never gave up, Lord. Thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that, that you have given us life because you've given us life freely, Lord, we want to we be obedient, and we want to give uh, honor and praise to you, and we want to also be part of uh, the harvest so that we can touch other people. The life that you've given us, Lord, you've freely given it to us, and we want to freely give to all those around us. And so, Lord, stir us and change us, Lord, so that we'd be like you, Lord Jesus. You came not to be served, not to be comfortable, but you came to seek and to save that which was lost. Thank you, Lord. Help us to be like you, Lord, that, that we would be willing to get out of our comfort zones just a little bit, that we'd be willing to sacrifice a little bit of our comfort and our uh, safety so that we can be involved in a harvest, Lord. There are, there are people that need to hear of your great love. Right here in this community, there are people that, that don't know you. There are people who, who are uh, doing without the bare necessities of life. There are... They're suffering, people who are sick, people who uh, are in constant pain, people who are uh, despairing and hopeless because of their circumstances. And yet, Lord, you, you are the Redeemer. You're the Deliverer. You're the one that can heal the brokenhearted. You're the one that can restore sight to the blind. You're the one that can fling open those prison doors and let us get out of jail. You've given us all a get-out-of-jail-free card, and it's in you, Lord Jesus, because you have captivated our hearts, and you have loosed us from the the yes. bonds of the enemy, Lord, yes. and you have set us free Hallelujah. by your truth, Lord. Your truth has set us free, and thank when we're set free by you, we are free indeed, God. and there's no going back. I don't want to go back. I don't want to fall into those lies and deception anymore. I want to follow you in the truth of your word, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, I thank you thank that you are here this morning. You are here this morning, and you are speaking to each one of us. We are in your presence, Lord. And I don't care, each one of us this morning, if you're, you're a born-again believer, God wants to speak to you. If you are not a born-again believer, God wants to speak to you. If you are following Him, and like John was sharing there, that we're, we are thirsting after you and we're hungering after you like, a, like our souls in a dry and desert land. But, Lord, whether we're seeking after you, I know you still want to speak to us. And so, Lord, help us to open our ears now. Help us to open our hearts now so that you can speak life into us, that you can tell us what we need to hear now so that we'd be encouraged, that we'd be changed in your presence, Lord. We take a moment to wait on you, Lord. I pray that you speak to each person. Let us hear from you. We want to hear from you, Lord. In our point of need, whether we're, we're sick or we're in pain or we have a, a financial need or maybe we've got a broken relationship that we won't heal, maybe we've got... A situation that seems seems insurmountable, but Lord, we want to hear from you because you have the answers to all of our needs. You are the answer to all of our needs. You don't just have the answer, but you are the answer. So Lord, as we wait on you, I'm asking that you speak to each person here. Let them hear your voice clearly so that we can know your great love for us and we can be changed in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Just wait on the Lord a minute. Let him speak to you. thank you Lord Lord I thank you that you have made those promises to us you said you would be our exceedingly great reward you would be you didn't say you'd give us a great reward you actually said that too but you are our reward in you Lord we have our hope in you we have our inheritance in you we have everything we need in this life and the life to come it's all in you Lord in Christ we have everything we need Thank you, Lord, for sharing your truth with us this morning, Lord. I thank you for encouraging our hearts, Lord, because there are those among us who are facing battles. In the heat of the battle, sometimes it seems, it seems like we can't hear you, we can't see you. We don't know you're there, but I know you're always there. You go before us, and you've got our back. You're watching our backside, you're protecting us, and you are all around us Lord all the time you don't leave us or forsake us but you walk with us you walk us through the valley of the shadow of death it's not a valley of death but it's got shadows of death in it and it's scary but you said you would walk us through and you are the life giver and in you there is no there is no death there is no sorrow in you there is only love and joy and hope and peace, Lord, and so we trust you. We fix our eyes on you, Lord, the author and finisher of our faith. I thank you for all that you do, Lord. Thank you for your presence this morning. In Jesus' name we praise you and worship you. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Thank you, worship team, and uh <clears throat> I am convinced that God God always wants to speak to us. It doesn't matter if there's a bunch of us or a few of us. It doesn't matter if we've got everything like normal. It doesn't matter if we're on fire or if we are been rained on and kind of drizzled out. God still wants to speak to us because he doesn't change. He never changes, and his word never changes. The truth of his word is alive, and it's powerful, and it'll change us. So, Lord, thank you for that. And we're going to have uh, communion a little later in the service. I'm looking forward to that. It's a new year, new day. God wants to do new things in us. I'm glad that it's a new year. I didn't much care for the last year. I mean, it was okay, you know, but I'm looking forward to a better year. That's the good thing about New Year's is you can always look forward to a better year. No matter how good the last year was, you can look forward to a better year because God is always working in and for and through us. Amen? Continuing in a series about the uh, compound names of God, and, and I, I don't want us just to do some study and learn about all that technical stuff and, and uh, try to figure out a bunch of information. What I want us to do is learn how to know God in the way that He has revealed Himself if we don't know him in that way then it really doesn't help that we've had that revelation we have to learn to know him and walk with him in the ways that he's revealed himself to us <clears throat> today we're talking about knowing God as Jehovah Sham, which is the Lord Shom yeah so the Lord is there and the verse that we're going to use as our text is Ezekiel 48 Thirty-five, <clears throat> and I'll read it to you it says all the way around shall be 18,000 cubits and the name of the city from that day shall be the Lord is there <clears throat> the Lord is there <clears throat> and actually the word uh, shom it can mean there or thither that's a word you don't hear real often nowadays but uh but it's a it's a way that god has expressed so that we would know that he is there for us and he doesn't change he doesn't go away he doesn't come and go he's there everywhere all the time it never changes he is there david um uh, in one of the psalms, he said, you know, if I, if I go to the, to the farthest place of the earth, if I go to the highest heavens, to the deepest hell, it doesn't matter. You're there. You are there. The Lord is there, and he wants us to know that he is there so that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be concerned about the struggles of life because he is with us. And when he is with us, that means all the power and authority and provision of heaven is with us also kind of like if you were an ambassador in the United States of America and you go to some other country, I mean, you're you're not just going going there in your own name. You're going there with all the full authority and power and the full backing of the U.S. government and all of its people. You go there as a spokesperson. And that's what we are. We are ambassadors for Christ. Amen? The Lord is there. He is with us. So as an introduction Uh, this area in uh, Ezekiel that's the last verse of Ezekiel but beginning in chapter 40 all the way through 48 it's a uh, it's a vision that Ezekiel has and when he when he starts this vision in the very first deal is he says this is when it happened he said it happened on this day this year and and it was I just want you to realize that this is during the exile and the captivity in Babylon. So Ezekiel has this vision from the Lord. That's why, that's why every Sunday morning I want us to take time to give God to speak to us. Because you can be right in the middle of difficulties and struggles and trials, but God wants to reveal himself to you. God wants to show you that he's got it figured out, that you're not out there on your own. There is a future and a hope. Matter of fact, that's what he says. I know the plans that I have for you and they're good plans they're not crummy plans it's to give you a hope in the future so you'll know I'm with you so <clears throat> the vision begins with a revelation of a new temple and um, I think it's interesting that he actually what he says is on this day the 10th day of this uh, New Year basically he's saying it's New Year and I didn't plan that at all but it just so happens you know this is the first Sunday of the new year and the day (coughs) the tenth day of that month was probably the day of atonement and the year was probably the 50th year or the year of Jubilee so it's just think of that as a context for all this vision what God is revealing and showing to his people And he starts out by giving a revelation of a new temple. It was probably uh, the angel of the Lord, which is a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. The angel begins to measure the different parts of the temple. He began with the gates and then the outer court. Then he went to the inner court and the the priest's chambers. Then he he looked and measured the vestibule or the porch. And then he went into the inner parts of the temple, including the temple chambers. And then Ezekiel sees the glory of the Lord, fill the temple. And next he sees the measurements of the altar and then the prince's gate which was shut the prince's gate was shut because only the prince can go through it remember Jesus when he was in John 10 talking about being the shepherd and he said there's other doors but he said I'm I am the door I am the door and so All of this vision, all of these things that are happening here, I mean, some of them, it's kind of hard to make the connection at first, but it's all about revealing Jesus. It's all about revealing what Christ was going to do many years into the future. So he measures the prince's gate. Then there's a rehearsal of the priestly duties in the the new temple. Next is a discussion about the inheritance or portion for the priests and for the prince. And then there's some very specific things regarding the prince and feasts and offerings. Then there's a revelation of water flowing from the door of the temple, which turns into a flowing river. Then Ezekiel is shown very specific information regarding the division of the land between the tribes of Israel and their inheritance. And finally, there's a revelation about the gates of the city of Jerusalem, which just happens to be shown to be a city that's built four square. You know that's that's the name of our movement four square that's what kind of a church we are we're four square and our founder Amy Simple McPherson picked up on this verse as well as some other verses there is going to be a new Jerusalem where it's going to be square 4,500 measures each direction and it creates a perfect square and we believe that uh, the four things that we celebrate about the gospel is that Jesus Christ is our Savior he's our baptizer in the Holy Spirit and he is our uh, healer and he is our soon coming King that's the four square gospel we believe that's who Christ is he came to do all those things and I'll notice that as you read about all these different measurements and things it's very specific and uh, I don't know I didn't even try to study out all that sort of thing I'm just saying that God is not he's not lackadaisical he's not haphazard he's not a God of of chaos he's a God of order and he's very specific and he has a plan for each of us and it's not just you know like you know roll the dice you know and just see what happens I mean God has a plan for us I mean it is a very specific plan he planned it From the foundation of the the world. So upon this final revelation in this vision about the four square city, the prophet records that the name of this city is to be called the Lord is there. The Lord is there. I mean, he wants us to know that he is there for us all the time. He doesn't come and go. He doesn't change he is there and I have to confess that there are days that I when I'm stressed and going through challenges you know I get busy and I, I'm you know I'm not really thinking about the Lord being there I'm just thinking I got to get through this situation I got to get this done I got to get I got a deadline or I got something I got to do or you know wham whoa who mm, smashed my finger you know I mean things happen and you're all focused on those things But we need to learn to remember that He is there all the time. He never leaves. He never forsakes us. He never goes anywhere else. He is there all the time. And it doesn't matter what kind of things are going on in our life. He is there. And knowing that He is there means that we can know that He's going to watch out for us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to protect us. He's going to provide for us. And that we're not alone. We don't have to be filled with despair or discouragement because He is there. The Lord is there. So, in your notes, I don't know how this is going to work out, but I'm just going to start into it and we'll see. The temple. There's a purpose that God showed this revelation and vision about the temple. God wants us to know that he wants to be our God. In Exodus 6, verse 7, he says, I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Jeremiah seven twenty three he says, But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. Walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that I that it may be well with you. God has a purpose in revealing his temple because he wants us to understand that he is there in the temple he is there for us to worship. He is there for us to relate to. He is there so that we can come to Him. He can speak to us. He can cleanse us. He can heal us. He can forgive us. He can do all the things He wants to do when we come to Him because He is there. The purpose is that God wants us to know that He is our God. He who has ears Ezekiel 44 verse 5 the Lord said to me son of man mark well See with your eyes and hear with your ears all that I say to you concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord and its laws Mark well who may enter the house and all who go out from the sanctuary? Jesus said that a number of times he said he who has ears to hear let him hear in Revelation He said he who's got ears to hear let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. I mean God wants us to know that He is there, but we got to get our ears turned. We got to get our ears tuned in so that we can hear what He is saying. Because if He's speaking and we're not hearing, then He's just what He is doing is going to be totally unfruitful in our lives. We have to respond to the voice of the Lord. Ezekiel heard. Mark well. See with your eyes and hear with your ears all that I say to you. God wants us to know that there is, a, there is a door that only Jesus can open and close and go in and out of, but then there are doors and gates for us. And, and he said in Revelation, I'm going I'm to open a door before you and no one will close it. I'm going to close the door and you're not going to be able to open it. And no one's going to be able to open it. And he is in charge of the doors. Aren't you glad that God's in charge of the doors? I don't have to worry about opening the doors. I just got to know which door to go through. And by the way, not every open door is meant for you to go through. sometimes I think we get we get so caught up and we see an open door it's like I'm just going to go and then it begins to close like, oh, i go i got I gotta force my way through. give me a battering ram I got to get on through this door right quick before it closes. Maybe God's trying to close that door so you don't go through it because it's not really the door for you. There are open doors, but they're not all meant for us to rush through and then there are other doors that are open Paul said man a great door has been opened to us and there are many adversaries so when the door is open to you and you're going through it and it's the right door you're doing what God has called you to do just be aware there are many adversaries and when we take a step forward to do the right thing for God the enemy is going to begin to try to distract you and disrupt what God is doing he's gonna try to cause you as much grief as he can and we need to know that it's him doing that to us so that we don't get distracted or discouraged and we don't give up and we don't think God has changed his mind God doesn't really change his mind that often you know we we think I'm hearing from God and then later it's like well you know maybe maybe this is really what I what I need to be doing and, and then it's like well maybe I need to be doing this and you know God doesn't he doesn't just change his mind back and forth I mean we change our mind we we hear we hear voices I don't mean like you're crazy but you know that means sometimes we're we're listening to thoughts in our mind or or other people saying things or current events and uh, sometimes it sounds really good Man, like wow this is good I'm, I'm all in you know and then other times we hear those voices and we become fearful and God wants us to he wants us to be tuned into his voice so that we don't hear the things of the world and think that's for us and we don't hear the things of the world that are, that are trying to discourage us we need to hear his voice I am with you and there's no reason to be afraid like Mitch shared where there's no reason to be afraid because God is with us the Lord is there Jehovah shalom the Lord is there there's specifications to this temple and uh, I'm accustomed to specifications because in the business I am uh, I'm I read plans and specifications I hate reading specifications because there's you know the very name specifications just think about that that means that they are specific to the thing that you're doing but we got a bunch of lazy architects and engineers now and they don't do that they put everything imaginable in the specifications it's like a boilerplate and then there are things in there that I know they mean are specific to this job and then there's a bajillion things that aren't and it's up to me to figure out do I really need to listen to this, or is this just something? It's really, it's really frustrating. But specifications are there to help you. They're there to give you direction and guidance, so you'll know what is the right thing to do. And when God gives you specifications, they're not boilerplate. They are, they are very specific for you and for all of us as His people. There are things that we all Ought to obey and do and there are things that each one of us ought to obey and do as God leads us that's a specification God is saying I want you just like he told uh, Philip I want you to go over here to this desert road I've got a job for you he didn't tell him what the job was until he got there but the specification was I want you to go over here and others Generally, the specification was, I want you, all of you, to wait here in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Don't go out and start trying to do stuff yet. Wait here until you receive the power. So God revealed this stuff about the temple because he wants us to understand that everything in his kingdom is in order. It's not haphazard. It's not just thrown out there, helter-skelter. There is an order to it. Ezekiel 40, verses 1 through 4. This is, uh, this is when Ezekiel is getting this vision. He says, In the 20th year after our captivity, the beginning of the year, on the 10th day of the month, in the 14th year after the city was captured, on the very same day, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and He took me there. In the visions of God, He took me into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain, On it toward the south was something like the structure of a city. He took me there, and behold, there was a man whose appearance was like the appearance of bronze. He had a line of flax and a measuring rod in his hand, and he stood in the gateway. And the man said to me, Son of man, look with your eyes and hear with your ears, and fix your mind on everything I show you. For you were brought here so that I might show them to you. Declare to the house of Israel everything you see. So he was shown this vision so that he could hear, see, and declare. That could have been a three-point message right there. I could have preached that. That would have been all right. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. That's just one little part of it because God wants us to understand that there are so many things about him and his kingdom that he wants us to to see and understand and reveal. But he doesn't want us just to know it because we want to be smart filled with a bunch of knowledge and information he wants us to know it so that we can declare it he wants us to declare it to one another and to those who are outside of this building those who don't know the lord he wants us to declare it he wants us to tell all of our friends all of our family our neighbors about the goodness of god how god has a plan and it's a good plan and there's a pattern ezekiel 43:10 it says son of man describe the temple to the house of israel that they may be ashamed of their iniquities and let them measure the pattern. Let them measure the pattern. That means they should compare themselves in their life with the pattern that they see revealed in this temple. They should know that I, I cannot live the same old way I've always lived. That is not okay. God came to save me from my sins, not allow me to just continue in my sins he doesn't want us to stay the same he wants us to be changed he wants us to look see what he is calling us to and then he wants us to pursue him and let him change us and you don't have to clean yourself up I mean, you have to be part of the process his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness it begins to work on you as you read the word as you pray as you as you try to do the things that you know you're supposed to do god begins to change you. it happens it happens while you know it. It happens while you don't know it. I think it even happens in your sleep sometimes. You read the Word and you're meditating on it. You go to sleep. The next morning you wake up and you're, and you're ready to go tear them up. You're ready to go out there and have a great day. And you're thinking, man, it's a new day. It's a new opportunity. I don't have to be the same guy I was yesterday. Today I can be different. That's what gives me hope to get up and go and do everything every day because it's, it's a new chance. Today can be the day I can be different. I don't like the way I am all the time. I mean, I'm not I'm not a horrible person but I, I recognize I need to be changed I see things in me that are not right things that need to be changed and that that happens as we pursue God when we draw near him he draws near to us and when we begin to believe his word believe that he is who he says he is and that he can do what he said he would do then God can change us and he can make us and mold us into his image in Ephesians 2 22, it says that uh, we are We are being built up into a a dwelling place for the Lord. We as individuals are being built into a temple, a tabernacle, a place for God to dwell. That's why it's so cool that God showed Ezekiel a, a vision about the temple. Ezekiel didn't have any idea about us being temples. I mean, he was all fixed on the temple because their temple had been destroyed and they were wanting a new temple so they could worship. He wasn't thinking about all the things that we have available to us now, but God had it all planned out. God knew that Jesus was gonna come, and when Jesus came, He was going to be able to live in us and when he lives in us then we become the temples of the Holy Spirit we become a dwelling place for God and it's not just individually but it's us corporately too we all have our part we are members one of another and as we become what we're supposed to be it helps everyone else around us become who they're supposed to be I can't be who I am without you guys being who you're supposed to be and you can't be who you're supposed to be unless I'm who I'm supposed to be we're all members one of another we're connected You may not want to be connected but you are you might look around and say I don't want to be connected to that person but you are we are members one of another we're part of the body of Christ and as part of the body of Christ we are all connected and we are all individually and corporately a dwelling place for God that's why when we come together and we worship the worship is so sweet and so meaningful because when we come together God's presence comes and, and to all of us and when it comes to all of us, it becomes stronger and greater in the whole corporate worship. I mean, we can worship on our own, but when we come together and worship, something awesome and wonderful happens. God wants us to know that He is there. The Lord is there. He's there every day at your job. He's there every day when you're going through the struggles and He is there when we come together. He's there all the time. He wants us to see Him there. He wants us to know he wants us to know He's there. Number two, the glory of God was revealed in this temple. The glory of God is really the presence of God. It's, uh, it's, it's God showing Himself as He is so that we can see Him and know Him and be changed by His glory and His presence. When we are in the presence of God, it will change you. It will cause you to react in a way that will make your life different from that point forward every time we come to the presence of god it changes us i mean you read throughout the bible the different ones who had encounters with god when they were in god's presence they were changed moses at the burning bush i mean what did he do he didn't just say "Ah, no big deal I mean, he went over there and he got into the presence of god when he got there he found out it was holy ground and he was changed he was never the same you could go back and look at all the different patriarchs all the people throughout history, David and Samuel and different ones in the in the recorded in the Bible, when they experienced the presence of God, they were changed. And I submit to you that we're all changed when we're in God's presence too. It does something to you. You can't just go go out after you've been in the presence of God and just act like nothing happened. Because it changes you. Something happens to you. And, and in Corinthians it talks about that we are being transformed from glory to glory. When we see God, who He is, we are changed. The presence of God was there so that Ezekiel could see and understand that the Lord is there. And I think he wanted to see some shock and awe, too. You remember back when, uh, you know, I think it was the very first time we went over and bombed Iraq. You know, they said, they're going to see some shock and awe. We're just going to bomb them for like three days straight. We're just going to bomb everything until they're just crawling in a hole. And that's what happened well God wants us to see that shock and awe sometimes he wants us to understand how awesome he is and he wants us to know that we need to be obedient to him there are consequences if we don't do the things that God has called us to do and I'm not saying that God is out to get you what I'm saying is if you're not walking under under his favor and blessing if you're if you're disobeying and you're rebelling then you're gonna suffer some consequences You know, you got a little child, and you tell the child, this is what I want you to do, I don't want you to do that, and it goes and does just the opposite of what you tell them, there's consequences. I'm going to start counting if you do that again. No. No. I don't believe in counting. I believe you you ought to tell them, and if they don't obey, you need to correct them, and if they don't obey, you need to bring discipline and correction so that they will begin to understand there are consequences. Because if you don't, you know what's going to happen? That little child, one of these days, when you're near the street, there's cars going, you say, stay right here, don't get in the street. And no, runs out there, and he's going to get squashed. That would be a horrible, horrific thing. And yet, it's because that child didn't know that there are consequences to disobey him. God wants us to understand that too. There are consequences to disobey him. There are consequences to rebellion. Some of them, are not seen openly and some of them are seen to everyone and it can be pretty humiliating sometimes when you disobey and you have to live with the consequences that everyone can see some of the great men of God and they're in the recorded history of the Bible you see where they failed and when they failed there were consequences David failed with Bathsheba and yet David is considered to be the greatest king Israel ever had. He's, you know, he's what it's all about. And yet he wasn't perfect. And his and his failure had consequences. It created a chain of events that had consequences for generations down the road. We have consequences through our actions. And I'm not saying that for any reason other than to encourage you that even though you mess up God can redeem and restore and heal and bring deliverance and correction but you have to understand that those consequences that you initiated by your failure or your rebellion or your actions you've got to you've got to deal with those things God will heal you but you gotta ask and you gotta understand how it works in the spiritual realm so God wants us to know that he's there, and he doesn't doesn't go away just because we mess up and we make poor choices or we rebel. When you rebel, God is still there. Amen? How many are glad that God's still there? Because I I are one. I'm a rebel. I've done it. I've done it more times than I want to recount. And I've done it, I mean, I've done it over and over and over, and I say to myself, I'm not going to do that again, and sometimes I still do it but I don't give up because I know God is still there he doesn't change just because I mess up he doesn't go away he is still there and that's what we need to remember that God doesn't change he doesn't give up he always wants to be part of our lives so the shock and awe Exodus thirty-four ten. he said behold I make a covenant before all your people I will do marvels such as have not been done in all the earth nor in any nation all the people among you whom, whom you are shall see the work of the Lord for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you and if you wanted to read through Ezekiel chapters 1 and 2 I think you would see that God is revealing himself as a as an awesome God who is capable of anything I mean it's it is like this revelation of like wow this is who God is he is so awesome I mean the brightness of his glory the express image of his person and all that was revealed so that Ezekiel and the people of Israel would know who God is and they would know how awesome he is and they would be reverent that's what God told He said I want you to know who I am because I want you to know that you can obey me and I'm going to be your God and you're gonna be my people I'm gonna be there but if you choose to rebel and do other things then there's going to be consequences but I don't want you to have to face all those consequences. I want you to walk with me. I want you to enjoy all the good things. I want to pour out my blessings and favor on you. So walk with me. It's an invitation that you can't hardly refuse, and yet some people refuse. God has offered to let us walk with him. You don't get an offer like that from anybody else. Well, I mean, they might offer to let you walk with them, but they can't, they can't do anything like God can do. The world may say, come, walk with me. I've got all these shiny, sparkly things. See how good they are? They're all glittery, man. Oh, isn't that attractive? But it's it's all empty promises. They can't fulfill the need inside of your heart. They can't satisfy your soul. They can't bring forgiveness and healing to you. You can go to a psychiatrist or a psychologist, and they can talk to you and tell you all the, the things that are wrong with you. They can't heal you. They can put a band-aid on you I got a band-aid it's a flesh-colored band-aid you can't really see it but Christmas trees are dangerous I tell you I got I got snagged by a Christmas tree and I was bleeding everywhere so I put the band-aid on there to stop the bleeding and that's basically that's that's all that's all the world can do that's all they can offer is just something to stop the bleeding they they can't heal you they don't even know how to heal you matter of fact they probably can't even stop the bleeding very good but they have all kinds of suggestions for you the world is full of suggestions for you Ezekiel 43 verses 2 through 5 behold the glory of God of Israel came from the way of the east his voice was like the sound of many waters and the earth shone with his glory And it was like the appearance of the vision which I saw like the vision which I saw when I came to destroy the city. The visions were like the vision which I saw by the river Chebar. And I fell on my face. The glory of the Lord came into the temple by the way of the gate which faces toward the east. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court. And behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The Lord is there. That's what Ezekiel was saying is that God is there. And this is a, this is a prophecy about... A future event all of this vision it was sort of it was sort of fulfilled in the rebuilding of the temple it was sort of re, it was fulfilled in the coming of Jesus the first time and it's going to be ultimately fully fulfilled in the the coming of Christ when he sets up his kingdom here on this earth and the new Jerusalem comes down from above, that's the one that's going to be 4,500 measures each direction. That's the one that's going to be perfect. That's the one that's going to be filled where the Lamb is the light. That's the one where we're not going to have any more darkness, no more sin, no more sickness, no more death, no more any of this world because it's going to be all new, a new heaven and a new earth. He will be there. His glory will fill that place constantly shock and awe is partly to cause us to be purified it's there we're supposed to see this shock and awe so that we can be purified God reveals himself so that we will know he is perfect and holy and we aren't we aren't but he's called us to be that and so it happens in two ways it happens when we turn we repent we turn we change our mind Old Testament word repentance means to turn away from new testament word really it it also means to change the way you think you change the way you think about your sin you change the way you think about yourself you change the way you think about god you begin to change the way you think about everything and so god wants us to be purified so he reveals himself to us And when he reveals himself to us our first reaction is wow i am in great need i need god I am broken I am messed up I am I am in need of a savior and when we recognize that and we begin to cry out to him and say Lord here I am I'm in a desert place I'm in a dry and thirsty land I don't have anything but I need you And we begin to cry out that way then God he begins to restore and make everything right in us he, he changes us we become a new creation we're born again and at that moment all things are being made new and we become like a new a literally a new creature that's unprecedented not like anything we've ever been before because our spirit is alive and now our spirit soul and body become this new creation that we've never been before it doesn't mean that we're incapable of sinning it doesn't mean that we're perfect it just means that we are a new kind of critter and now we're a kind of critter that can know God And we can hear his voice and we can experience his presence. And that was never possible before because we weren't born again. We didn't have that life breathed into us that only happens when the Holy Spirit comes into you. And so, in that sense, we have the righteousness of Christ and we are perfect, pure, and holy in God's sight because he has clothed us with his righteousness. And so we can stand before him, we can come into his presence even though we are not holy. We can come into his presence because we have been received. We are made acceptable in the beloved because the robes of righteousness that we wear in Christ Jesus. And then there's the aspect of it that we are being purified as we repent and we turn and we become more like him. And so if you realize that it's not okay to kick the dog, you know, or kick the cat, whichever you may have, or kick the door if you don't have any animals, if you realize that's wrong, and you say, Lord, I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to lose my temper. And you say, would you forgive me? And I turn. I want to think differently. I want to, I want to bring all of my fleshly appetites, my actions, my reactions, my thoughts, my words, I want to bring them into subjection to you and your lordship. And so when you begin to do that, the next time you're thinking about kicking the dog or the cat or the door, you'll say, well, wait a minute. Maybe I'll just tap the brakes a little bit and think about that. And the next thing you know, maybe you don't have an anger issue anymore. Pretty cool. It works that way. That's the way God works. A little bit here, a little bit there, line upon line, precept upon precept. It doesn't happen all at once. We're on a journey. This is a marathon. This isn't a sprint. We're on a journey for the rest of our lives. When you understand that, it gives you hope because you know you don't have to be perfect every day. You just got to stay in the process. You got to keep working in that process. Keep letting the Lord reveal stuff to you. Every day, I pray and say, Lord, shine your light in me. Expose every area of darkness, every root of wickedness, everything in me that is not like you, everything in me that's messed up and broken, every wound in my soul. I want it to expose. Anything that's concealed in me, any liar or deception I've agreed with, knowingly or unknowingly, any strongholds or curses, anything that's going, I don't want it. I want to be healed. I want to be whole. I want to be like him it's an ongoing process it doesn't happen overnight and in this life you're never going to get there but what a joy to know that we can keep at it I don't have to be the way I was yesterday that's what gives me hope because every day is a new opportunity I can be changed I can be changed Ezekiel 2 verses 3 through 10 he said to me son of man I'm sending you to the children of Israel to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me they and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day for they are impudent and stubborn children I'm sending you to them and you shall say to them thus says the Lord your God as for them whether they hear or whether they refuse for they are a rebellious house yet they will know that a prophet has been among them and you son of man do not be afraid of them nor be afraid of their words Though briars and thorns are with you, and you dwell among scorpions. Do not be afraid of their words or dismayed by their looks, though they are a rebellious house. You shall speak my words to them, whether they hear or whether they refuse, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, hear what I say to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth. Eat what I give you. Now when I looked, there was a hand stretched out to me, and behold, a scroll of the book was in it, And he spread it before me. And there was writing on the inside and the outside and written on it were lamentations and mourning and woe. God is calling us to repentance because he doesn't want us to have the lamentations and the mourning and the woe. He wants us to have joy and peace and love and hope. He wants us to have the good things, not the bad things. He doesn't want us to have the consequences of our bad choices. He wants us to have the blessings of our good choices. I like to focus on the good part. I mean, you can, believe me, all you got to do is turn on the TV or listen to anybody, and you'll get the bad stuff. But we need to get focused on the good stuff. What does God say? What does God say about me? What does God say about you? What does He say about us? You can get pretty excited if you start thinking about what God says because He has good things to say. And He does want us to be holy. And I'm not going to read this passage, but it's Ezekiel 43, 6 through 12, and it's talking about... Um, all the things that they've done wrong and how he wants to reveal himself to them, and he wants it to be different because the the temple is supposed to be a place of holiness, and we are supposed to be holy when we go there. And when we approach God, we can approach him as holy because he's made us holy. We're not holy in our own strength, our own uh, abilities, but he has given us his righteousness and his holiness and he receives us because his name is on us because he is there in us he is there in us we're not looking for him he is there in us and then there was a river he saw the source of the river if you read in ezekiel 47 verses one through five it says you know i went back to the door of the temple and i saw i saw this water coming under the threshold and it was right coming out from the altar Oh, yeah, that makes sense, That the water is coming from the altar because Jesus gave himself on the altar, and Jesus is the living water. When you read all this, this whole passage here, it talks about how the water, you know, starts out, it was, it was small, and they were measuring it, and they were checking it out, and it was to their ankles, and then it was a little deeper up to their waist, and then, you know, it got up they couldn't. They had to swim because they couldn't cross the river. It was such a big river, but it started out as something small. That's the way it is in all of us. It starts out as something that is changing each one of us individually but when we come together we become like a flowing river the river of God begins to flow in through us and out of us and it changes communities it changes people around us people around us will be they'll be standing on the bank and all of a sudden they just get caught up in it and it begins to pull them along the river will catch them and drag them right on into the mainstream of the river that's what we want I don't want to drown them I just want to drag them into the river where they can experience the flow of God. I don't have to worry about drowning them. If I follow the Holy Spirit, I won't. I won't drown them. If I'm doing my own thing, I might smother them a little bit. But if I'm doing what God's called me to do, it'll be appealing. It'll be good. They'll look at it and they'll say, Yeah, I like that. I like what that guy's saying and doing. He's all right. They don't have to like me, but they're going to like what's coming out of me because when Jesus is coming out of us and the light of the Lord is coming out, when that living water is coming out of us, it's pretty attractive. It's pretty appealing. People won't want to resist that when they see it and they begin to experience what happens when they're around people that are flowing in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14 talks about, um, it talks about the source of, uh, and in, in, in uh, Psalms 105, 41, it's talking about how that there was a rock. Uh, that the water gushed out of the rock. Water gushed out of the rock. In and, and Corinthians, it says that that rock was Christ. It followed them throughout all the wilderness experience. That the miracles of who Christ is and what He's provided followed them, and it follows us. And that living water, Jesus said, I'm going to give you water. And John, he's talking about he said, man, You know, you drink this water, you're going to get thirsty again. But if you drink of the water, I'm going to give you. You'll never thirst again. You'll never thirst again. We've got to understand where the source of the water is. The source of the water in this vision is Jesus. He's the source of everything. The living water in Ezekiel 47, 6 through 12. He said, have you seen this? Have you seen it? We went back to the river and we looked and we went along the bank of the river and there were so many trees along the side of the river and they were on both sides. And he said, this water flows toward the eastern region. It goes down in the valley. It enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. There are healing waters that come out of this river. We're supposed to be like healing waters in this land. You understand right now, we are having all the problems we have in this nation because God's people have not been those healing waters. We've allowed all this stuff to happen because we've not taken our rightful place. I'm not saying we need to be... Politicians, I'm just saying we need to be praying. We need to be interceding. We need to be standing up for righteousness. And if we would take that place, God would honor that. He says, the waters will be healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. There's going to be a very great multitude of fish because the waters go there. And they're going to be healed. And everything will live wherever the river goes. And the fishermen are going to catch fish from one end to the other. And they're going to be spreading out their nets. They're so full. And the fish are going to be all kinds. And they're going to be exceedingly many. But the swamps and the marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. So if you're dead. You're not going to be alive until you, until you receive that living water. All the dead things of this earth, all the dead things of this world, they're not going to be alive until we as God's people begin to stand up and do the things that we're called to do. And we may not be able to change all of them, but our influence can change some. When we are walking around in the fullness of the Spirit, when we are flowing in the Spirit, things will happen in our lives. And it says, along the bank of the river, on this side and that will grow... All kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither. Their fruit will not fail. They will bear every month, fruit every month, because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Jesus said, If you come to me, he said, I'm going to cause rivers of living water to flow out of your innermost being. And he was talking about the baptism of the Spirit, which was to come. He hadn't been crucified and hadn't been glorified yet, but he was telling them in advance, this is where it's going to happen. And I think that's what Ezekiel was seeing in this vision. He was seeing the the fruit of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of the Spirit, as it operates and works in us, then we're going to be fruitful, we'll bring forth fruit that remains, and it's going to be fruit that other people can eat, And be nourished it's going to be leaves that are for healing other people will be better because of what God does in us because we impact people we touch people's lives we need to know that we need to live like it matters the name so in Ezekiel 47 it begins to talk about the inheritance it says you shall divide the land among yourselves according to the tribes of Israel and that's, that's specifically for the tribes of Israel. But then, 47, verse 22, he says, And it shall be that you will divide it by lot as an inheritance for yourselves and for the strangers who dwell among you and who bear children among you. And they shall be to you as native-born among the children of Israel. They shall have an inheritance with you among the tribes of Israel. And it shall be that in whatever tribe the stranger dwells there, you shall give him his inheritance, says the Lord God. That's us, folks. We're the strangers. We're not Israelites, but we've been grafted in, and because of that, we've got an inheritance in the Lord. It is for us. The Lord is there. That's our inheritance. We can be God's people, and He is our God. He is our dwelling place. Jerusalem. So all of this, all of this vision was about the temple, which is going to be located in the New Jerusalem. Jerusalem is, is the place where God has always chosen to dwell, and that's the place that He is going to continue to dwell. But now, we are part of that. We're part of that. It's not just just off in the future. He sees us right now as a dwelling place. The gates. Ezekiel talks about the gates, verse 48, uh, 30. He says, these are the exits of the city on the north side, measuring 4,500 cubits. And he he talks about all four sides, and there are gates. The gates are, they are for entering and exiting. The old King James says, the outgoings, the outgoings. But one of the other meanings is deliverance and freedom. Think about that, the gates of the New Jerusalem. They're going to be for us to go in and out of, and healing and deliverance and freedom is going to be going in and out. We are going to be free to go in and out, and there's not going to be anything on the inside or the outside that can hurt us. There's not going to be anything that can stop us, because God's going to open a door for us that no one can close, and we're going to be able to go in and out, and there's going to be healing and love and peace and joy and righteousness forever and ever and ever but we can begin to experience that now it's not just for for later it's for now our lives can be filled with hope right now we can be filled with with the anointing and the power of the Spirit now we don't have to wait till then we are a dwelling place and then verse 35 all the way around it should be 18,000 cubits the name of the city from that day shall be Jehovah Sham, The Lord is there. That's what he's naming the city. I'm there. We are part of that city. We are part of that temple. We are his body. He is the head. He is there. That's pretty good stuff. You think about that from the beginning, the very first verse, all the way to the end. All of the Scripture is the revelation of who Jesus is and who we are in Him. The Lord is there. Worship team, y'all can come back. And I just want to encourage you now, as we as we get ready to partake of communion. um, Amber said it earlier, but we you know we practice open communion here. If you if you're a believer, it's fine to to partake with us. Um, If you don't know the Lord. Um, this is an opportunity for you to come to know Him. And these little uh, these little packets here, hopefully you can figure them out. We've been using them a while, but um, just don't throw everything all over the whole room. Um, sometimes a little challenging to get open. Yeah, we got a good cleaning person. Uh, so, anyway, um, so what we're going to do is we as we sing this song. Uh you can come and get the elements and take them back to your chair, and then we're gonna we're gonna all protect together. but I just want to encourage you to think about uh what we've talked about this morning, and Paul in Corinthians says that we ought to examine ourselves uh we ought to examine ourselves, and that's always a good idea to think about. I hope this whole message this morning has caused you to examine yourself and to think about it. But the Lord wants us to know that we need him all the time, and he is there for us all the time. And when we mess up, it's as simple as saying, Lord, I messed up. I'm sorry. I want you to forgive me. And I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm coming back to you. I'm, I rebelled, but I'm, I'm back. I'm not going to stay a rebel. That's what the Lord wants. He just wants us to, to be after his heart. And so as you come and, and get the elements, uh, we'll go back to your seat and then we'll, uh, we'll partake together. Let's stand and worship.
0: tears that fall like What I say, and what I see, and what I do. In the peace, the joy, the hope you bring, the doubt, the tears, the suffering, you are making all things new. Yes, you are making.
4: Jesus, when he was having the Last Supper with the disciples, it says that he took the bread and he gave thanks, and he broke it and he gave it to them, and he said, Eat this, this is my body. And so, Lord, we honor you, you as uh, the living bread, the manna that came down from heaven, the one who gave himself for us, Lord, you took our penalties, you took our sins, you took our sorrows, our griefs, and you bore them all on the cross. You, you were broken for us so that we can have life through you. Yes. Lord, we partake, we partake of your life. This bread represents your body, and Lord, we thank you that you were willing to freely give thank you, Jesus. all things to us. It's so, the Lord for our bodies. Now, those who are sick among us, I ask that you bring healing and health, Lord, that you would restore physical bodies, that pain would go away, that sickness would go away, yes. that, uh, that chronic fatigue would go away, The problems in, in people's bodies right now, physical problems would be healed and go away the power of your body and your stripes which you took on that body for our healing. By your stripes, we are healed. We proclaim that in Jesus' name. And we break and we partake together. In the same manner, it says he took the cup and he gave thanks and he said, take this and drink it, all of you, drink it because this is my blood of the new covenant. To shed for you, we drink this uh, this grape juice as a as a sign that we are entering into your provision, Lord Jesus. We enter into what you provided with your blood, the blood that cleanses us, the blood that washes us, the blood that makes atonement for us, the blood that brings life into us, because the life of all flesh is in the blood. So, Lord, we receive of the life that's in you this morning through your blood, Lord. We receive all that you're doing. We receive forgiveness. We receive cleansing. We, forgive, uh, we receive uh, the ability to repent and to live in your grace, Lord, so that we see all those promises fulfilled in our lives, Lord, those exceedingly great and precious promises you've made. We receive those now. In Jesus' name, let's partake together.
0: trials i'm your worries and There's no one who's turned away. All you sinners, all you saints, come right in and find your grace. Bring it all to the table. There's nothing he ain't seen before for all your sin, all your sorrow and It all to the
1: table
0: for all your sins all your sorrow and your sadness there's a savior and he calls bring it all
4: So, Lord, thank you that in your kingdom, there is no one who has turned away. <laughs> there is a place for all of us at your table, Lord, because you are there. Hallelujah. You are there. If you need any prayer for uh, a special prayer, you've got a, a physical need, or you, you want to pray a prayer of uh, repentance, or you want someone to agree with you about anything, uh, you're welcome to come. Someone will meet you here at the altar. Uh, I want to encourage you. There's some there's some literature out there uh, in the lobby about 21 days of fasting. It's going to begin uh, January the 10th. It's a it's a global movement uh, through Foursquare. If you're interested in it, I can uh, send you an email for the link, and you can download all that stuff. We have some printed copies, and we'll print hard copies for you if you'd like that. But not asking you to to fast everything for 21 days. Just you know. A meal a day or something and uh, let lord the lord lead you in that but i believe if we will come together and pray in unity and we'll commit ourselves and invest ourselves god will hear his people when we begin to groan before the lord he hears us that's what he said he heard the cries and the groans of the children of israel and he acted on their behalf because he heard them so we need god in this nation right now we need God to reveal himself we need God to change this nation So, Lord I thank you that you call each one of us Lord to your table let everyone know that they can come that it's okay to come there's no shame or guilt or sadness or sorrow that you haven't seen or experienced before you know all about us you know all about our problems and so Lord I thank you that you still invite us to come. Help us to be willing and obedient, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and grant you His perfect peace. Go and have a great week. Uh, Wednesday night activities are on, and uh, we're excited about everything that the Lord is doing.